down to Ethanol, St. Louis, Missouri, Detroit, Michigan, Little Rock, Arkansas, Northern Fork, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Orlando, Florida, Chicago, Illinois, Denver, Colorado, Houston, Texas, Indianapolis, Indiana, Kansas, Montgomery, Alabama, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, Atlanta, Georgia, home for the 123rd Annual National Black Business Conference that will take place from August 23rd and 27th, 2023. In a couple of weeks from now, welcome to lunch with the Business Human Conversation for the beautiful October, August the 12th, 2023. My name is Alan Rochelle, host and creator of it. Too blessed to be distressed. And you got the weather to go along with today, Scott. It's a good day to be riding. There you go. Good day to be riding. And we'll be joined later on by, uh, by Scott DeBoat. Uh, and he traveled around the world. We're not, not sure where he is. But we do one thing he did call our last week from South Africa. So that was all time for us for the program. You listen to Frigus in USA, hotfowler.com, lunch with them to the team conversation on a beautiful Saturday uh, afternoon in Winston Terrace, Missouri, in North County, and also in North St. Louis City, and also on the Missouri. And again, we thank you for joining us on a beautiful charity. Without further ado, we have having prayer with Elder Alan Lyles, who's a pastor of the North Park Baptist Chapter Church, located by five. What is that one little name do? That's in North St. Louis, 
in these times, we just, one thing we all need and that we all know is prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. So what do you got for us this week, Rev? I got it. I got a, a the, the title, I'm going to be going through to variety of things I'm talking about, but the title is uh, in, in Revelation. The first chapter, okay. verse three. It said, "Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand." Mm-hmm. That's Revelation one three. Now, go we'll go back to Second Corinthians. The fourth chapter. And the topic is considered about the ministry and honest. In order to be in the ministry, you have to be honest as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people out here call themselves in the ministry, but they're not in the ministry. They, they're about uh, doing things the way they want, like all this uh, uh, interference, what they got going that. Uh, they know the gospel and all this, and they don't know nothing. They're deceiving people. They mm-hmm. got the, they in error concerning God's word. Mm-hmm. So the honesty, the ministry is honest. And it's going in, in the fourth chapter, it said, Therefore, of Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, come out. Christ is death, burial, and resurrection. And we pass from death into life before we sleep and after we sleep. This is the ministry. This is the honest ministry. Talking about no other than the Lord Jesus Christ. As we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of this honestly not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Reverend, let me me interrupt you there. You read from 2 Corinthians, not 1 Corinthians. I said 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Okay, Okay, I thought you said first. I apologize. Verse 3, it said, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In the gospel, they talk about hid to them that are lost. It's talking about Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That's what's hidden to the people. That's why people, the, the spirit of error is blinding people's mind today so that they won't hear this truthful gospel. Mm-hmm. And verse 4, it said, In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And verse 5, For we preach not ourselves, we preach Christ and him crucified, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
in Christ Jesus the Lord, and I serve your servant for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness and shine in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now I'm going over into the fifth chapter of Second uh, Corinthians and, and the fifth chapter. And the chapter here is talking about why death itself has no terrors for the servant of the Lord. See, we don't fear death because we got eternal life. Those that are not saved they fear death because they dead. And they dead in trespasses and sin. And they and they also gonna stay and go on into eternal damnation. Because it wasn't meant for man to die. But it was eternal damnation, which is an evil spirit, is eternal damnation, and eternal life for the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. It's important we know. That if our earthly house of this tabernacle were desired, we have a building of God. And this building is talking about your body. It ain't talking about no, no building or the house you live in or the church building you go to. It ain't talking about that. It's talking about your body. Your body of Christ. That was a body that went up on the canvas from over 2,023 years ago. When Christ died for your sin, who buried and rose again. A house not made with hands. It's not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens. But in this we grow earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon our house, which is from heaven. See, people talk, I don't know where I'm going. Well, we know where we're going. We're going to heaven. This is what it's saying. You're the proof of it. Write it down, y'all. Put it in your book. Put it in your notes. Read it. And believe it. But most of all, believe it. Because we started off and said, Blessed is he that read this word and hear this prophecy. He said, it's, If so be that being clothed, we should not be found naked. But we that are in this tabernacle do grow, being burdened, not for that we will be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now, he that hath wrought us for the self-same thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that which we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. But we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I said, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor there whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. But we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone 
may receive the things done in his body according to the according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. It ain't based on whether you do good or bad. It's based on you believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when you're doing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're going to be doing the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. When you preach the gospel and tell people how to be saved before it's ever too late. And may the Lord continue to bless the hearer of his word in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Wow, Rev, thank you for that opening scripture there and the lesson I just say. That uh that you, you well that you see people hear that all the time, you live by faith, not by sight. But they don't understand what goes with that. I think to this morning, uh I, you know somewhere for some reason, we Scott and you all been saying morning ten for some reason, but some places in America, America right now it is morning. And we, uh, but right now it's noontime in St. Louis. As a matter of fact, it's about uh, <clears throat> about 1:20 something. But we know for a fact that God is blessing no matter where we are, no matter what time it is. And I think you read for, for, for bringing out the things there that need to be brought out uh, in the Scripture. Is telling a story. And it doesn't. People shouldn't be surprised what he was what he being told and how he's being told. Even you just have to, have to listen, you know, and be open to what's being told. You, you, you know, one another thing, Rev. You know, uh, you said, you know, uh, we die for lack of knowledge. Uh, uh, we don't uh, listen. Well, we also, uh, uh, <laughs> as you say, we don't read. Those are two bad categories that have that we be guilty of at the same time. You, you know, somehow. How do you think the people be so well formed with the information of what's going on in the world because they read the newspaper, they listen to the news, they listen, they listen here and all that, but they won't read the Bible. Amen. In other words, to read the Bible, you have to be born again to read the Bible. And you can be unborn again and still go in there and try to read the Bible, but you ain't going to understand that you read it because you lost. Amen, 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 amen. Because there's so much that's before your very eyes, and uh, and I'm quite sure. Even the lesson that you taught today, uh, people have heard that phrase, you know, by faith, not by sight, that they could not tell you where it would look in the Bible. But they you know, don't know Thank you very much, sir. You <laughs> they went out of the there's no excuse now. And see, that's, that's the thing that I should say. The lesson that, that, that you teach every Saturday have meaning to them. I mean, that's the way they're explained to you, as I was just to say, you know, word on word, man on man, verse on verse. Then what are you saying that can be backed up? Amen. A uh, book that goes back, oh my God, at least 2,000 years we know. <laughs> That's the story that, that what we read that was, that, that was, that was uh, uh, what took place. And, uh, and and it's just amazing how, again, uh, some of our favorite words talking about you, 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 you still so stiff naked. You don't want to listen to what God is telling us. Yep. There's a lot of them. Uh, 
And Lord, I mean, yeah, well, hard head. And then we were kids. Is that hard head? Because off the high. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, and uh, and they got our attention too, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you knew, you knew for a fact that there, there was there was uh, uh, more than words can be following that if you if you, if you didn't obey, listen, and uh, execute or follow instruction. Yes, sir. And, and, you know, you know, mess real. That's a whole problem today. There's nothing new under the sun. Amen. It, it's just the way people are uh, uh, delivering it, uh, presenting it to you. Uh, well, I will say this to you, Rev. Uh, it, uh, it can be confusing because we have so many different, uh, which we'll say, types of Bibles nowadays. You read that I'll read for the King James Version. Which was probably, you know, as a history of going back many, 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 many years. And so now we have more definitions and it's being explained by people clearer and clearer, which is a good thing. Amen. I no need in my complaint, though. Know, a lot of people don't understand, uh, don't comprehend, I would say, understand that comprehension is two different things. You got to comprehend. They kind of, you know, they listen to, listen and then they get into your body. And and that's uh, and different Bibles allow you to do that in your own comfortability within your own self. That's why I started off that the ministry must be honest. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I was talking to a good friend, friend about the other day, uh, Mr. Anthony Bell, and, and he said that the truth be told. <laughs> you got to be honest. You got to be honest with people. Now, first, you got to be honest with yourself. Amen. That, 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 that's the thing where a lot of people uh, do not have that comfortability with themselves. And then, if you're not comfortable with yourself, you cannot be comfortable with nobody else. Hey, you know, somebody. Yes, sir. People out there in the world that's lost, they're so wicked. They don't even like themselves. Right. But they think they do it good. <laughs> but they, they're so wicked, they ain't got enough sense to know that. They don't even care nothing about themselves because they need to be born again. Yes, sir. Everybody need to be born again. Everybody all over the universe, from the president on down. Need to be here to death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and get saved before it's ever too late. Because it is a hell. And hell has enlarged itself, according to the Bible. Yeah, it, it, it also it, it also been described to you what hell kind of consists of, too. So it's not just a people, our imagination it is very real. Because it's the place where the worm. Never die. That's why eternal damnation is that you never die. You dead in trespasses and sin. Mm -hmm. Well, Rev, uh, we're we gonna uh, leave it right there. And again, the word for this weekend.
is you live by faith and not by sight. But you see it and then think it and pray on it. And so we want to thank the Lord Alan for that beautiful message today that they will help you with them. And nice to you, your eyes and soul. Also, be admitted and incorporated into your week. This is a nudge which I believe I can comment on if you share it here to the same with. We pray God in the next where you are. You will be on Fragrance at USA Hot Talk.com. Also, by the way, this program can be heard tomorrow in entirety at 1 p.m. Standard Time. And also on Wednesday, 9 o'clock Standard Time. And then, no Scott tickets out of here. Mandatory about the federal government, 
But since the emergency was, that's that not being done. So this is being reported. We have clinics, we have hospitals, we have emergency care centers, we have doctors. And so the cases are starting to rise, and that is not good at all. And the worst part about that, hospitalizations are starting to rise. And so now we ask anybody, anybody, and also this virus is called Ernest, uh, and it's now the most dominant, dominant strand circulating in the United States. So please continue wearing your face mask, washing your hands. Washing your hands is probably the most simplest, easy thing to do to protect you and your, and if you touch your face, you're touching doorknobs, you touch all those things. There was a time that the answer to wear gloves, but right now, uh, it does not take place. But please wash your hands when you, when you come in the house going someplace and also again practice social discipline get a little away from me i met out there in a dark talk the other day and had my mask on and while their uh, reception was coughing one of the uh, uh patients in there was coughing and i was saying thank god get my face mask so again matter of fact in the last week it, uh, the, the virus has increased you and I, about 12 and a half percent since last week, according to the U.S. station goes official. So that is, that, that, that is kind of going to move kind of fast. So, again, please, 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 if you can, protect yourself. Now, do you mean protect yourself? And also, uh, you need to bring this up right now as real as friend. Uh, I know everybody has heard or has seen, I should say, about the raging fires that in Hawaii on the island of Maui. Uh, it's had been called Paradise. This is an island in, out in Hawaii. They have a different island. Uh, but this is one of the, um, one had the most history of the state of Hawaii. They had all of the, uh, you know, the museum, as I just said, the state capital, the libraries, and it was actually the culture, a piece of the, of the Hawaii island. Well, most of that's been burned. And right now, as the death tolls continue to rise last year, we're going up there now. And it's probably going to get worse uh, as they go in. They got to do a search and rescue, and then they got to go in and, 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 and look where the people who were trapped in their homes, where they got burned up, or in their cars, where they got burned up. and when this took place, it was a problem with the warning system because so many ways to contact people, but most of it involved electricity of some sort or a cell phone tower. And those have been de de devastated. And so now uh, you have all these people. And this what you know, you know right now we are so blessed that you're not stressed today with and wherever you are, you know that you have a house, a roof over your head, and you have food being closed in your back. So these people lost everything. And they didn't have time to do anything but run. Can you imagine wake up in the middle of the night and, and, and look at your one and see you know, a blaze coming down the street? And all you got to do is, well, what do I do? You run. And you run, and then you get a, a line getting out of town. So again, yeah, yes, please, please to pray for all these people uh, and, and, and also uh, 
there are different ways to throw me, but the red cross is probably one of the best ways to do it. Right now, this is the largest natural uh, disaster on the, in Hawaiian history. And we know we have those volcanoes over there that erupt on a regular basis. But this is this is bad. This is, and also, it's the second deadliest uh, in American history. But those numbers are continuing to, you know, continue to rise so feet. Uh, and keep in mind also, we talk about hot. We just lived through the hottest July in history. Whether they water, the water in the ocean and tip of floor is over 100 degrees. So again, there's a lot of stuff that's going on, and like we always said, there's wildfires. Uh, we, we also have the floods, different places. I mean, I mean, gigantic floods are washing away houses. And you see all this, you know, and so you, you gotta be a conscious and be careful and, and, keep, and be prayerful. And also, uh, as we have this conversation, uh, this year, the hurricane season actually begun already on July the 1st. And so as we go through this season, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the national negotiations and et cetera, and then also the Colorado State University, they have both predicted that there'd be eight Main storms and hurricanes by the, by the, by the time all this over. And at this point, that's including the five that already been formed. So already we get to the end of August, uh, we already got five storms that have been, 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 uh, been, been named. And also, the United States has a 50% chance of being hit by a major hurricane. So that is not good for the whole, the whole southern coast there. Uh, when that little tornado is coming, coming that water and go up there or you come in off the ocean daylight no one knows where it's going to go at we just ask you to please if you can be very careful and remain careful and also the, the monsoon happened uh last week that that has you know you may have heard about the boy scouts that were there to get relocated because again that that uh that so that monsoon changed everybody's lives over there Again, this is going on around the world. So what we hear about and see in our backyard, we're you know, hearing about this other place. So we got to keep on praying, be prayerful. But this is not what you call a good time for a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people. And so again, uh, uh, and then they had this, this, uh, this uh, I want to say pandemic, COVID-19, raising hit again. And it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. And also, uh, this past week on Tuesday, matter of fact, the uh, state of Ohio voters blocked an attempt by Republicans to change the state constitution and to try and prevent a valid issue of the next year's races, of next year's ballot, I should say, where they will be putting up portions on the ballot. And currently, in, in, uh, in, in, like in most states, it required a 15 15 uh, a win about one vote for the change continue to go on the ballot and to change the constitution. That's the same way this year in Missouri. Give Missouri our turn. You know, been fighting for over 100 days of trying to block petitions from being circulated, from being on the street, raising this here signatures to get, to get, to get, on, for this to be on the ballot. So when they you hear this, that means that there's a, a petition that had to be put together and get a certain amount of signatures put that on the ballot. So right now, the Republicans, uh, they're seeing now that they're going around being blocked in, in our state now. 
they're going now the constitutional right. And this is something that's really not a constitution of all, of all states. And it's working very well until this abortion issue came up on Roe versus Wade. And we've been saying for the last couple of years or so now that on this, uh, this uh, abortion issue is going to resonate across the country. Uh, it's changed in many elections last year. Everybody was talking about Kansas. It was the first one that was a wake up call where the state of Kansas voted for a petition. And uh, people said that 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 won't take it. You can't do that. You can't do that. Well, they did it. And that's in a, in a scare for almost everybody that they need to make sure you know, the public that they, they, they have an issue. And so now, just uh, and a lot of people right now, a lot, a lot of states looking out and seeing that this is coming to my, my, to my backyard. And that it is. So again, we ask you to please uh, be careful. Look out, you know, for yourselves. Uh, and I think right now in this one in your state, and like all politics started at home. And also here in the state of Missouri, uh, we're talking about the power of one vote. One vote. Well, if you have had any of we have a little uh, municipality here in the St. Louis area. And in St. Louis County, we have almost 87 municipalities. And each one has their own governance system, board of governing council. Well, in, in Bill North, uh, <laughs> in Bill North, which is one of the small counties, they had an election, uh, I think back in April, I want to say, where the ultimate in that area uh, uh, and lost, and they, and they, and they, and, they, and so, so it was by one vote, so to speak, one vote. So they asked for a a, a rerun of that you know, special election. Well, guess what? On Tuesday, they had that election, and this time, the debate who lost. Well, she decided to ask for a uh, ask for a, a, a recount. And guess what? It was one vote short again. Uh, and, 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 and right now it came out, matter of fact, this time it came tied, 91 to 91. And so then with that figure, they had to have a tiebreaker six uh, days yesterday. I'm not sure how they did it, the perform, you know, how they do it, but um, they, I wouldn't know more how they got there. But yeah, that's the power of one vote. So out of 100, uh, 82 people, 82 people voting. That one vote, either way, could have changed the course of that history. And I can say again, this past Tuesday, this past Thursday, I should say also, the Virgin Elastic. This is uh, a company by the owner of Virgin Airlines, Richard Branson. Well, what he did, he launched three people into space. Two of those people were, were black females of the Caribbean Island, and they won their, their trip in a lottery. But this one man who's a former man, 80 years old, Mr. Guzman paid $250,000 for his seat. So really, he's one of the first paid, paid passengers on Virgin, Virgin, Virgin uh, transportation, for like a better description. Now, that same price, but you know how this works out, that seat now costs because you listen to this now four hundred fifty thousand dollars if you wanted to, to get on you know, fly up there to the moon and when they had the next one 
next opportunity to go. But again, uh, but could you imagine how it must have looked? When I was excited to see all the braids back here and you know, the flashing on TV, uh, it, it, how beautiful that was, you know, seeing that. Uh, and but again, seeing uh, space world change right before our very eyes. And so now, uh, uh, if you look at that, we also uh, have to understand why we talk about that. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice here. Uh, the Michigan uh, uh, Republican Party, city Republican, matter, matter of fact, are more accused in, in a, a fake elections, uh, fake election scheme. This is where we all go back to January 6th, where they were uh, had a problem with the seat of Edel Washington, and uh, and so in, in, in doing so, uh, we were able to. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please stand by while I get uh, Brother Ira back on the uh, air. Right now, she got this undivided attention, unlike your judge in Florida. 
a district judge uh, in, a, in any county in Florida. Uh, she's, you know, she's very straight. She said, in court, you are Mr. Trump. Like any other you know, defendant, Trump, you know, you're not president. And, and she explained to him, you care less about his campaign for president. That's his day job, as he said. But right now, you got to fight to not go to jail. And I cannot imagine, imagine my father's imagination that, uh, to, that, that, how we would, how we would all. feel, okay, okay, how would feel, okay, for, for me to be facing over 50, 50 charges about possibly me going to jail. That's, that, that, that's, that's a scary thing that to deal with if anybody. Right now, uh, uh, that's what's happening you know, with Bash, we don't leave that alone. And also, uh, this week here in St. Louis, uh, we were very fortunate to have a, uh, the Progressive National Baptist Convention uh, was here for their second annual session here in downtown downtown St. Louis. And the, the, uh, the Progressive National Baptist Office was a <coughs> vital Baptist uh, to dominate with the intimate membership of, yet of over 2.5 million people. That's a lot, a lot of people right now. But anyway, they were being on St. Louis, you know, they, they represent us in all these different churches. They were here on August the 6th and 9th. And what happened uh, is nice that God would have it. On that last day, August the 9th, 2003, was the ninth anniversary of the time of death of Mr. Michael Brown Jr., a police officer and a white police officer in Ferguson, Missouri. So that evening, his family uh, and his supporters, two down there, yes, they were, uh, he was commemorated in a social justice session. It was just a town hall downtown, and where and good things were brought out, good things were said, and, and a lot of the family, uh, Michael Bowen Sr. was there, and, uh, and, and the family, and also all the supporters, and all the people that supported him. And uh, it was a beautiful time to, to reflect, because you have to understand that of all the things that took place, August the night, when Mr. Brown time the matter took place, this started a revolution in our country that's going on today. And so so, so the family took time and the church honored him for taking time out of him and respect him for what he's done. Uh, and, and the, the justice system that he was doing, we'll talk more about that later on. And also here in St. Louis, more good news, the American uh, the American Banker Magazine has named uh, Ms. Ashley O'Neill. She was senior vice president of retail banking at the Midwest of Banks Banks in Terror as one of the most powerful black women, black, powerful black women in the in the country. And uh, and this was was our first uh, award last year. Uh, Bank B also named her as one of the outstanding women in the bank. And so these are some positive things that are taking place here in the St. Louis. And also, uh, one of the things that we leave you with is, please, please support. We have this strike going on right now, right now in, uh, in, uh, in, you know, in California and around the country, I should say. The Writers Guild of America and the Writers Guild of America, uh, the Writers Guild and the Actors Guild of America, they continue our picket lines 
matter of fact, they reached the 100th day for the ticket for the, for the, for the writer's strike on the uh, 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 yes. last week. Matter of fact, 100 days more, if it went past the last strike that, that lasted uh, 400 days, that was back in 2007, 2008. Well, the United States film and television industry remained paralyzed by doing the strike. So that's why a lot of programs you watch on TV, you're see more and more and more repeats taking place. And that's not a good thing. Because keep in mind, not just the people you see on TV, but they all got a family they got to feed, they all got a bill they got to pay, children they got to be fed. But right now, that strike continues moving forward. And also, this past week, uh, it wasn't upset about it, but um, um, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris uh, uh, announced that for the uh, trades, Unions that uh, you know that there's been some increase in their salaries and they build infrastructure of this country. The vice president is always busy, and today you can also hear her on uh, on Washington uh, with Reverend L. Sharpton. Uh, that's at four o'clock in your time, and uh, uh, you know uh, some Senator time. So please you can watch her what she's doing. But right here in our city of St. Louis and St. Louis County, my jacket and murder continue to increase, and that is not a good thing. So, I'm actually thank you for joining us this week, Sarah. And here's our folks. Uh, and uh, this is the triggers in USA, HotTalkRate.com. We are Reverend Alan Lowe and also Brother Scott. We will get right back with our guest. I'll take it out of here. Chamber of Commerce on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, uh, August the 12th, 2023. My name is Alan Folks, and uh, uh, we're here with Dr. Alan Lyle, Scott Owens. And to, uh, that's yesterday, uh, a personal friend of mine, we go back many, many, many years. Uh, he's been a very active person in our community. And one of the reasons we have Brother uh, Anthony Shaggy, like yesterday, uh, we continue the commemoration of the death uh, of, as I said, you know, the death of. Uh, Michael Brown Jr. on August night, and that was a very, 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 that was nine years ago, a very uh, stepping off point for a lot of people you know, uh, around the world. And so without any ado, I can tell you about some of the things that Brother Anthony Shaheen has done. I will tell you one thing that he stands for 
tell us the story. Uh, how you got involved with Michael Brown? Again, I want to thank for all three of y'all for inviting me on the show. Uh, Reverend, uh, my good brother, Reverend Lyles, and my brother, Scott, and you. Again, I want to say thank you. <clears throat> I was, I'll never forget that day. And everybody should flash back and think about what it was. Mm-hmm. I was at home. I just got to doing a walk. I just walked mm-hmm. the Park. I mean, Fairground Park. And I just came home, I got a call from a brother by the name of David Royals. Brother David Royals, like one of my play sons. And he called me and said, Brother Shaheed, where you at? I said, I'm just getting into the house from a walk. And he said, uh, they just shot a young brother. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, police, Ferguson. And then Canfield. I didn't know exactly what Canfield was. I knew exactly. Right, I never knew where that apartment uh, complex was. I just knew, you know, where that quick trip was. So he's kind of giving me, you know, location. Right. So I told him, I said, when I just came in and I just came from a walk, I think I might have just took a shower. Normally when I come in, I take a shower. I just took a shower and I was really kind of relaxing. He said, you got to get quick. I said, he said, the body is laying on the ground. I said, you, they just chased yeah. the brother, Shaheed. They just shot this young brother. And he mm-hmm. don't know. So I told him, I said, well, let me tell you, when I get off at Lucas and Hunt and West Forest, when I get up at that left, mm-hmm. that's when I'll call you and you can guide me in. And mm-hmm. by the time I got to Campfield, police cars was everywhere, but it wasn't like it was when I left there. Anyway, to make a long story short, I went straight there. <laughs> found David Roth and brother, uh, the brother was with uh, Adrian, that's not his name, I'm trying to, my mind going blank on me, the young brother that was with uh, Mike Brown Jr. I'm looking at his face, mm-hmm. Dorian. Mm-hmm. Dorian. Mm-hmm. I, I met with Dorian and him, and Dorian told me exactly what had happened. So now by the time I'm there, it's total chaos. People are everywhere, the body's still on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's pandemonium. I mean, when I say chaos on the highest level, police is coming in. They already got dogs around there barking. I know a lot of people, but a whole lot of people I don't know. Brothers are hollering. Brother Shahid, oh yeah, y'all, y'all in trouble. Not Brother Shahid is here. So some of the people I knew, some of them, I was asking where the parents were. They wasn't there then. And you 100% like Brother Anthony Dale was there. Sister mm-hmm. Irene Smith was there. Some of the mm-hmm. brothers by the name of Brother David Royal was there. Well, David was the one who called me, but also David Witt. There was a lot of people that was there. And all of a sudden now, a lot of other people playing like they was there. They, they wasn't there, but it's okay. I'm not going to get it. Mm-hmm. make a long story short, that body laid on the ground for four hours and 32 four minutes. Hours. Yeah. Four hours to be exact. Yeah. Four hours and 32 minutes to be exact. Enough time to drive from, uh, if you would think, Rum Lyles, if you could drive from here to Chicago, and the body would still be on the ground. That's how long that body was. And it was 98 degrees. The wind, the heat index yes. was 110. I remember that uh-huh. very well. And it was crazy as hell. But nobody knew. And one thing people know about me, they really know me, I make notes every day. I had a meeting with Chief Jackson scheduled, not knowing nothing about no shooting that was going to happen for two mm-hmm. That happened on the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. On the 12th, I had a meeting scheduled because I had heard there was a lot of things happening in Ferguson. So we had been mm-hmm. speaking for about a month. The secretary was Mary. 
She had set up an appointment for him. So the first time I met him was there. They had asked me about Friday, but as you know, yesterday, Friday, was our prayer service, and I couldn't do it Friday. So that's what made us say we would do it August the 12th. To make a long story well, to make a long story short, today is August the 12th, and here you got me on the phone with you. Amen. Okay, so to make it so fast forward, and a lot of people don't know, the reason this thing was so deep, Michael Brown Sr. and his wife, Sister Cal, nobody knows to this day, and I don't know if y'all know, they were homeless. When they son got shot, and it wasn't, it, he was assassinated. Let's use the correct term. He was assassinated by Barry Wilson. He was murdered. Shot He was shot in the eye, in the head. All right. As a matter of fact, Brother Mike Brown, the first time I've ever seen him put this picture was this August the 9th. If anybody has Michael Brown Sr.'s Facebook and you go to it, you'll see a picture that damn near it, it, would, it would bring you, it, it, it'll make you just bow down and submit to see what these people did. And it's the first time Mike I've ever seen that most people have only seen the funeral, but the, the day that we had the funeral at Friendly Temple's church was on a month. We had a private viewing at Sunday. And that's when all of us got a chance to see the body. Most people don't know that Brother Michael Brown, his wife, and even the mother of Michael Brown, Leslie, they didn't see that body for two and a half weeks, damn it, three weeks, because between oh them doing the autopsy and between them doing the uh, forensic, and then they had to bring their own person in to do forensic on the body or whatever you call it. I'm not sure the right term. It was damaged before they ever seen the body. They never got a chance to see the body when they came out there August the 9th, 2014. They never got a chance to see that body. It was on a Saturday. I never forget. It was on Saturday. They never got a chance to see that body. They would never let them get close to see the body. They didn't let the mother, his name Leslie. They didn't let Mike Brown Sr. was the father, named after his father, Mike Brown Jr. was named after his father, Mike Brown Sr. And so the Cal, the Cal, uh, Cal Brown, they never let them or none of the family members see him. Right. It, it was one uncle on, on, Les, on the mother's side that got a chance to see the body because when they saw it, they had shot him. Pretty much he was down when someone called and said, your, your nephew just got shot. So that's if he started asking me some particular questions because I can ask, I can go into this thing extremely deep because I was there. I can tell you what happened the very next day. I can tell you what happened that night. Because let's tell the story. Come on, let's tell the story. Come on, let's tell the story. So the brothers and me came out there, and we were there from. I guess I got to every bit around about twelve thirty or something, give or take twelve thirty. I know it wasn't one o'clock. Let's say 12, 30, 1 o'clock, and I didn't leave there until probably about 7 o'clock. And when I left, I left and had a brother by the name T. Alameen to meet me at the police station to meet with Jackson, who was the chief of police at that point, to tell him about the meeting because the only time I had met him is that day. I met him that day after when they had those dogs out there, and I told him, I introduced myself to him. He said, you're the one I'm supposed to be meeting with, too. So I said, yeah, <clears throat> this is what I want to meet with you on. They told me you had 53 police and only three were black and some of the systemic racism and some of the uh, things that have been happening out here. I told them the first thing I want to do is take those dogs away. You got to get them dogs out here because they had them at 22 dogs. That's why you always see me with a police cap on. When I was out there, Google Brother Shahid, you'll see Brother Shahid out there. I kept a police hat on. 
I kept a rope around my neck. I kept chains on. I kept a whip in my hand. And I always had dogs. Because they had 22 dogs that they brought there. And there wasn't no rent 10, 10 dogs, no dogs. They used to call Lassie. When we were growing up, we had a dog, a show called Lassie. And they had another show when most of us were growing up called Rent 1010. These weren't no Rent 1010 dogs, and this wasn't no Lassie dog. These were vicious police dogs. So I was able to get them to move some of those dogs. They didn't get a chance to move them all. Then I told them, y'all better start now, start thinking about what you want to do. They started telling me that they couldn't get to move the body because there were some things that were, uh, the area was, uh, what they call it when they have to bring the examination team in there. So they needed to move the crime scene. So they told me they needed to move the people back. When I told my son, man, these people ain't gonna move back like that. He said, well, we can't do anything until then, which I knew they was lying. But anyway, I didn't want them to have no excuse because that body had been laying down there and it was hot. The people was pissed. So what I did, by that time, the mother had got that list. I went up to her and introduced myself and she was hysterical as hell. Uh, and I told her, I said, ma'am, you know, this is a bad time. Let me just tell you what I've been able to do. They, she said, well, pick my son's body up back there. And I said, well, what you need to do is they want you to go with me. And if they can just move, every group move back somewhat. And they can take off, they feel as though they can get what they want. I said, I'm not knowing if they tell the truth or not. I'm not here to tell you that. I'm just telling you what they said. So she said, yes, she did that with me. And it took us about a half an hour. Then they told us they was going to let her see the body after they picked it up. They picked that body up in a, some kind of SUV, a black SUV. And what mm-hmm. they did is they took some blankets. I don't know what the hell they was doing around there. So I, I let, and I always told people, and they took some blankets and instead of them letting us see what they were doing, they did. And the next thing I know, they had the body in that black SUV and they were driving away. The mother, mm-hmm. father, None of those family members and none of the people that got a chance to see what they had did and how they had did it. And again, Mike Brown was his wife, the other family members, and the mother, Leslie, never saw that body for damn it three weeks. And you got to remember because they had coroners coming in and they had ruled at first whatever they was ruled, which was lie. And then we brought a coroner in and he ruled that it was murder. And it was, uh, uh, you could tell it was. Uh, from the way he was shot in his eye. It was mm-hmm. just, these people here are something, brother. I'm gonna tell you, these, these people here, and I'm not against police, I'm gonna say that too. I'm against bad police. And I'm against we police. All are. Yeah, thank you. And I'm against police that do things and cover it up. They know for a fact that they covered up that murder. I'm gonna tell you something else they did. And I have something for you. If you meet me, I got two tapes that I can give away and one of y'all can share it with the other one and one of y'all can just have one. But it's called Strange Fruit. And I'll tell you this, you can Google this. Some of the things that I'm saying, you can Google because they had a press conference. First, the very first person that told me who Darren Wilson was was a brother by the name of Anthony Shaheed. Four days before they made the announcement, because I was blessed for somebody to tell me, and guess when I made the announcement? At a press conference, right next to, at the fire department, right next to the Ferguson police station, right beside the Ferguson station, it's a fire department. I made the announcement that Darren Wilson had killed Mike Brown Jr. And I made it plain it wasn't Darren Wilson, the black person, because it was one with the ethical society, a police officer 
through with another slickster. He hadn't killed nobody, but he stole money from the ethical society. I wanted to make sure that it was clear it wasn't him. It was a white boy that was Ferguson. I made that announcement. Why am I talking about this? Because four days later, they made an announcement giving information about Darren Wilson. But they also shared a video that had happened in the store uh, with, Darren, with, with Michael Brown Jr. leaving out there. Knowing that they was lying, that tape that they showed was a tape that he came in that day, but they didn't show the tape that happened that night around about 1230 that night. They had both mm -hmm. tapes all the time. This tape that I'm going to show you, anybody Google strange fruits, it's all out there, but I have two tapes that I'm ready to give to y'all because I want you to see this. It documented that Mike Brown Jr., the only tape that they showed you a doc in a, when they showed and released to the public was him going into the store like he was bullying somebody and he walked in and stole some cigarette and walked out and they knew they was telling a damn lie. They purposely showed both tapes because when you see the second tape, you understand exactly what happened. So they, they did because they knew if they played that tape, it would have destroyed America. They would have tore this place up. Mm -hmm. To make a long story short, they, they chose to show one tape, and it still didn't stop the people from doing what we did because for, this is the biggest thing that ever happened for four months in our hands. No one on the planet was that much media that it never left. They never left Ferguson. Damn near every bit of 75 to 100 reporters from all around the world was right here, never left. And it really yeah, did. Awesome. Yeah, right, right, right. Matter of fact, that's time. Oh, you, you and I both know Anthony. Uh, Ferguson was the. I told the mayor at the time that. No oh, phone, mayor. That his city was the. Uh, he had talked almost every night. The mayor had the. Uh, he, uh, he was looking for instruction and prayer. You know what I mean? You know, but I said, your city is going to be the most famous city in the entire world. And and it became the most talked about city in the entire world. Anytime they want to talk about some black folk, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ferguson is known more than St. Louis now, even though St. Louis, I mean, Ferguson is like a little Mayberry RFD, a little small place, <laughs> as you say, it's put on the map for four months and a half. Nobody talked about Michael Brown Sr., which is the father of Michael Brown Jr., who was assassinated. More than we documented nine to 11 times, President Obama, who I really have a problem with, mentioned Michael Brown Jr.'s name, but was too scary to meet with him. He sent Eric Holden down here because during that time they was concerned about being first base safe because the white folks was on him like a bad suit. It was all over. And what he did want to do is get caught up in a situation where he had to make an announcement and make a statement about what was happening down here. So he did send Eric Holden, who came in here and buck dance and buck jump and buck kiss. He did do the other piece here um, about the... Uh, what did they call that? Uh, it hit my mind. Uh, the decree. Right, the decree. That's right. He did come down here and do the decree, but everything else other than that, they came down here because they was concerned about Barack Obama's image. And I can tell you how you can prove it. They did a thing on about two years ago, maybe three years, but let's say two years ago, give or take. And they did it on every president's wife. I think they did it on like seven of them. One of them they did on Michelle Obama. And if you look at the, the piece that they did on Michelle Obama, it tells you that. That they was concerned about it because it was so huge and it was hitting them from every direction. And they was trying to stay out of anything controversial to 
they were because they tried to white folks on their side because the Republicans wouldn't let them do nothing up there. Them white folks said, man, don't give a damn about nothing. John talking about jail, get nothing passed. And he called himself trying to do everything he could do. He wouldn't do it. The only thing he really did, and this is Brother Shahid, because I mean it from my heart. The only thing that he did do was he pushed the damn LGBT, the damn homosexual. He didn't push the black agenda on nothing. Even though black folks got him in office, that's what he pushed. And that's why to this day, that those people put everything that's happening with us, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's like it's the same thing, like football and looking at the moon is some same or, or, or skydiving is the same as a hockey game. I don't know how the hell they can put what happened to some homosexuals with us who came in the slave ships and the whole slave ship. And I'm going to say this right here and I'll be through it. I'll go back to what I was saying. They have taken the word pride that me and you had, and all of us had, Brother Scott had it, Brother uh, 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 Reverend Lyles had it, all of us had pride and said loud and black and proud and Afro Sheen, everything we had, we loved, like we had a wall of respect. Everywhere you went, we had something talking about how we felt about us as a people, the pride. They've taken that word and changed it to something now that our young kids, when you say pride, they think you're talking about you're homosexual. Now we say, no, I love pride. I love the pride. I have pride about myself. And they have four or five people. So that's why I make this announcement, make it real quick. That ain't the damn kind of pride. I'm talking about two men looking up in between each other's legs. That ain't the pride I'm talking about. They've taken something strong and, and, and wholesome and made it into something now that's the rainbow. When you're talking about rainbow, you ain't talking about Jesse Jackson no more. You're talking about some homosexual. Right. Yep, the wickedness out there. The the the, the Solomon Gomorrah people. Now you people worse than Solomon Gomorrah, but I ain't trying to disrespect you. Solomon Gomorrah will have to come back and say, damn, they was playing some hot scotch or they was playing some coquina or some damn jumping jacks. Yeah. <laughs> With some bake sales compared to these people. They even took crowd of school and got transgender in the bathrooms. This yes, they have. They got I, this program working. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I got on Obama because of that, but I'm saying how many times Obama sit and hit us? How many times will Obama sit and use Michael Brown Jr.'s death to try to tell people to be calm and this, that, and the other? If you Google it, between nine times to 11 times, he mentioned Michael Brown Sr.'s name and was too scared to meet with him in person, never met with him. Not one time, never sent him a letter, never sent him, didn't do nothing, because he didn't want to get caught having anything to do with a real strong black issue like that. And he didn't want to make a statement on that. And believe me, he had people down here on a regular basis, we found out. Regular basis, kind of, he was at the funeral and everything. Okay, that's another, but I can show you that. Okay, let's get comfortable. We don't have a lot of time, but why don't you kind of tell us how this started? Michael Brown Sr. was homeless. Michael Brown Sr. then called time out. Michael Brown Sr.'s home had burnt up. And I didn't even know. And he said that this is, we were going from hotel to hotel. And I just thought it was because the media was all over them. And everywhere they went, everywhere we was going, the media followed us. I thought that had something to do. I didn't even know that they were homeless. I didn't know that the brother didn't have a place to live. I didn't know that, you know, it, that's what was happening. And once people started finding that out, he wouldn't stop. 
Michael Brown Jr. started doing with all the family, the Oscar Grant family, the Emmett Till's family, some of the families that was just here just last week. You name mm -hmm. them, the Ali families. I'm talking about some of the biggest families. We were on mm -hmm. top of this when George Floyd uh, 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 first was killed. Me and Mike Brown was there with less than 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Because nobody really understands how important it is for somebody to kind of to take you through or walk you through this. They can't walk you through it. Don't don't get it wrong. It's like being prepared for a death. You can't be prepared. But at least try to give you some kind of cushion so you just don't hit the ground all the way. Because you got these slick attorneys that come through here and they, they, they try to tell you don't say this and don't say this. And it's all about money with them. They're looking at money. If you say this, you're going to mess your money up down the line. They're not worried about your son or your daughter. Most of them are like vultures. And I just don't want to tell Mike, give me the permission. There's some names that I want to put out there that y'all see on the TV all the time. They're the first person that you see. They ain't work two days flying, bro. they like buzzards waiting for them to die. Sure is. And they call them. But I can't call their name out until Brother Mike gives me permission. But I'm telling you, just kind of guess it. Like you hear me saying the names that every time you look up, they call every time something happens. That's the main one. They ain't, they ain't work two dead flies, bro. That's all I'll say. But anyway, that's what made this thing go viral like this. And then Brother Mike Brown went to some fathers that done lost their children and some mothers that lost their children and had never gotten media attention that they painted like they was always thugs or something and stood with mm -hmm. them. And then he would drive 18 miles, 18 hours to go help a family that nobody had never heard before. Their son got shot a week ago and they was going through drama and that's how this thing grew and mushroomed like this because for four and a half months brother mike brown would never stop he would never stop this brother has been as far as iraq me and brother mike brown went to iraq and iran together we've traveled all over this entire country together you name it we've been over this country he's been all over the world i haven't to all the countries with him but i went to about four or five of them with him that he would never stop most people would say time out it's too much on the family. And I'll say this here. Even this particular one for the ninth year assassination of Mike Brown Jr., mm -hmm. the reason we cut things down so much, most people don't understand what it does to his little brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, yeah. What it takes on them, the ones that was with him, that were little, that he would pick up and do horsey rides. And do, this is what they hear about every day. We talk about how huge it was. That means they seen that on TV over and over and over and over again. And when they think about, like me and you think about, where were you at August the 9th, 2014? Where were you at? Then they got a flashback. We were there and couldn't even see our brother. We were there and when we seen our brother, if you can Google that picture or go on Facebook, Michael Brown Senior, and see his son's body get scared. It'll send goosebumps. All over your body, bro. That's what his his young brothers and sisters and his mother and his father and all of them had to see. But one thing he said to Sister Cal, Mike Brown's wife, he said, the whole world gonna know my name. They had a conversation. That body was a floater. That body within the miles out there in that heat was a floater, because I know about that. Because I picked up a whole lot of bodies like that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you know what you're talking about, because that body, I'm going to tell you, from the way they, from where it was assassinated, from being out there on that hot tar for four hours, it's okay for your body land naked on that ground, damn there, bro. It just... You know, it's, it's that meaningless killer. 
Yeah, they just washed parts of his body down on the ground because they had to pick it up. The body, you just don't know how a body messes up when it's uh, corrupt. The body is corrupt from the, the destruction that happened to it. I done seen all this in Vietnam, everywhere. Yes, sir. I'm well, he knows exactly what he's talking about. And I'm going to say something else that's very important, too. And that's why I say people take advantage of the situation because there's a lot of people came here and made money off this. My brother Mike Brown them didn't make money. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Brother Shahid, I'm the brother, and I'm not saying it for no other reason, it's true. I'm the brother who started hands up, don't shoot. But guess what? I didn't go and get it syndicated or copyrighted or nothing. I didn't say probably 40 to 50 different groups out here called themselves hands up, don't shoot, and making money off of it. I've not made that mm-hmm. one on hands up, don't shoot. And I'm the originator of it. And guess what? It's like, I was never out there. They act like they started it, but it's okay. I'm just getting some. The next problem I have with people just out here making money on Brother Mike Brown, he's making benefits. Why am I saying benefits? We know about the money, but we understood too that all the work we were doing, we got to put some politicians in place because it makes no sense to do all this work and not get some people in place. That's why you got the sister Ella Jones, who's the mayor who I love. That's why you got different people took of France wind up in Albany. But I'm going to tell you a person I have a serious problem with, it is Wesley Bell. Wesley Bell was not on the streets like a group called Lost Voices. He was not on the street on the, uh, out there on the ground like some of the brothers like David Royal and David Witt. And he went out there like Brother Anthony Bell and a lot of us. But when they started... On, 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 on that note, let me say this you, okay? Brother Bell was one of the people that helped start the uh, political thing. He was saying, we got to make a political adjustment in being a political politician. Yeah, he was yeah. that drive, drive to get ready to vote. So, so, so I want to make, make a change. I have so much respect for him. And he knows that if you said Brother Shahid was talking about you on the radio with the highest respect, he's going to say, I know that. Because that's how we respect each other. I'm going to finish this point because they were saying things. We said, fine, so different ones were coming to us saying we want to run for this and run for this. It wasn't that we really wanted to deal with them, but they were right. We needed somebody there. Wesley Bell confessed up that he was going to be for black people. And I'm going to come out there, brother, and I'm going to do this, that, and other. Well, we didn't really know, but at the same time, we had to try. He was young. We pushed him. Mm-hmm. He had to be honest with do really what he's supposed to be doing, but we didn't make it a big issue, but it should have been an issue because they had a racist murder there. Uh, I can't think of his name. I'm looking at his face now. But he wasn't worth shooting flies neither. The same murder was there when Michael Brown Jr. was killed. But to make a long story short, he came to us after this tape that I'm going to give you called Strange Fruit. This piece of documentary was so hot. It really was what got him in office. He met us at Goody Goodies and asked us, Will we support him? If you support me, I'm going to open that case up. He gave me, Mike Brown Jr., and Sister Cal. His word at that place. I told them then and there, he sounded slick to me. And I told him, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. If that's what they want to do, I don't trust you. I'm just that you didn't really do what I thought you were going to do out there in Ferguson. And I'm just being honest with you. I don't trust you. And I don't think you're going to do what you're supposed to be doing. And he's swapping down. 
he told a lot when he said he hadn't been talking about it because he called me four or five times because everybody knew you never really was going to get up on Brother Mike Brown unless you came to Brother Shaheed. There was a few others around. But if I were to come and said, I didn't trust you, Brother Mike wasn't going to fool with you. <laughs> he called I'm, me. I'm, I'm, and, and, and also, uh, one way you're going to name it, uh, uh, Reverend Aaron Shelton King, how'd he get involved? Okay, let, let me just finish this point here. So with Mike Brown and us, we went on and said we're going to endorse him. He got an office, he called four or five times for me to put Brother Mike Brown on the phone to go over things and say he was working on that case to open that case up. And when he made that announcement, he wasn't going to open that case up. It was two weeks later. We had been doing it for about six months on the phone from time to time. He told Mike to don't let me come. And I was like, what that's about? And that's when he made the announcement he was not going to open that up. That's one reason I got a problem, because he told a damn lie. The second problem... He told he sold us all the way out. He, he sold, I'm, I'm saying, and what he don't know is from this point on, we we're 360 days away from the 10 year anniversary, which is probably going to be the biggest thing that happened on the planet. I don't know how many countries already done jumped on board, and at least 25 of the biggest figures already didn't ask could they come in, and we're going over those kind of things now. Everybody coming here gonna know that Wesley Bell is not just a seller, he's a trader and he's a Benedict owner. The next problem I had with him, and that's why we know now why he didn't help Sister Kim Gordon. Sister Kim Gordon arrested out him on a regular basis, asking him to come help. About six or seven prosecutors from around the world, all females, came in to stand with Sister Kim Gordon about two years ago. And I bet, damn, he was right there in Clayton and wouldn't drive nowhere close to where Sister Kim was. The other problem I got, and that's the third, second problem, the third problem I got with him, Sister Carla May made the announcement to him and other people. She had a meeting with him months ago that she was going to run for office, but she needed to run, finish out her term. Before she could run for office two months ago, this head Negro popped his ass out there and ran as if he was going to run, knowing his sister, our sister was going to run, because he's actually trying to help Josh Holly and He's playing like he's running, but he knew all the time so the Senator Colin May was going to run because she had a meeting with him. He jumped in there so he could help them white folks because he knew that if Sister Carla ran against him by himself, she was going to beat him. But the mere fact that he takes him to vote. We don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about Michael Brown and what in the in the thing that took place in the commemoration that people out in the uh that would take take place in a long time. This program like today we dedicate to Michael Brown. Michael Brown. So but I'll step off of that, but if he tied it to the way because all of them got a chance as politicians, bro, they wouldn't be politicians not if it wasn't for Michael Brown. So the Ella Jones wouldn't be the mayor, which we're happy. We agree, okay, but we we want to know about the Michael Brown family, the things that that uh, that they have gone through. What you did talk about though, and how and how I got something. Let your brother rock and roll. Oh, yeah. Now, brother Mike Brown, them have chosen fathers that every year they take on retreats because of what has happened. When you walk in as a father and a mother and see a, 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 son, a son or daughter, one of the mothers called was mothers of angels walked in. And her daughter had hung herself. She had to go in the house and figure out how to pick up a heavy body, take the rope around her neck, and then put her daughter down to look at her daughter as deceased. 
okay, it's fathers that have walked in seeing their son shot or came on a crime scene and seen their son shot. So with Brother Mike Brown and his wife is done, they've rushed out to chosen fathers and they've also rushed out to the mothers and what they do between the two groups, they got read about a hundred mothers and fathers, both of them are separate groups, but at some point they come together and they give them counseling. They also pay for them to go on trips so they can go through some healing. That's one of the things that they're working on now when we go out the country and I can't put it out yet, but they're working on some things for the 10 year anniversary, uh, or not anniversary, assassination, whereas it can be some healing because you got to remember when families, let, let me say it like this, starting with me. If I can imagine one of my daughters or sons in a casket, I would think way different. If you stop thinking about it, it was Michael Brown Jr. in a casket, but whatever your son name is, you see him in that casket. You see him on the ground, as the Reverend said, and the body is coming loose on the ground. If, if it's Brother Scott and he see his daughter or his wife, if you look up there like Sandra Bland, if someone looks and sees their family member there, then they will understand what those families are going through. And that's what Brother Mike and them is doing. They've also hooked up with Uncle Bobby. Uncle Bobby is the uh, uh, uncle of Oscar Grant. If you Google the movie, Oscar Grant movie, the documentary is very powerful. Oscar Grant. Uh, those families have come together with Mike Brown, and they have over 300 to 400 families. I think like 375 families. You name them from mm -hmm. all around the country. And if you Google it, Uncle Bobby and Mike Brown and Google the families, you'll see so many families out there it's pathetic, and each one of them have lost a loved one through police uh, violence. So what they've done now is everybody's kind of like under one umbrella. So it's not just one family speaking on their own and speaking about their pain. It's all the family speaking on their pain. And I'm going to tell you, I've been in a room with some of the fathers and mothers, and there's one father to this day. I'll never mention his name. I promise you. Any minute, he's going to snap. He's going to snap with all the work. And they bring in some of the best psychiatrists and people to talk to them. Every time I hear him, it's anger. Because his son was shot six months after, well, maybe about three months after Mike Brown. I mean, I, I don't want to say his name, but I'm giving it, and I'll say it was on the south side. And they found out the same police about a year and a half later had drugs in his system. He had run into a car. And he was in his uniform, and he had so much drugs in his system, it was pathetic. And that's why we started putting things in place that when a police officer happens to be shooting, that you immediately bring him in and you do a test on him to see if anything is in his system. Because the mere, fact, out, right, but the mere fact that we found out uh, uh, damn it, two years later that the same officer, a year and a half to two, hundred, two years later, the same officer has so much drugs in his system not they, they he talks to two or three calls in the police call okay, okay so, brother james we see yeah that's fine that's fine man we can get near the end of this i want you to kind of bring something right now what you know uh how you know these microbound senior uh, do they have a home down to the notes that's that's what people want to hear about Wait, people want to start find out more. Brother Shahid's going to give out a lot of information. I've given out a lot. But right. a whole lot I have. They can go to Chosen for Change, a Chosen okay. Fathers, Chosen for Change, or Mike Brown, anything on that level, and they can download and all kind of stuff will pop up. They just did a big thing, a huge thing, with a summer camp this year. This is the first year okay. they did a summer camp. It was powerful. And that just, just ended 
think it was eight weeks or ten weeks. I'm not sure how many weeks it was. Uh, they've been on every type of program that it is to help any families that are doing anything that don't even tie into murders, the homeless. They work with Reverend Rice for probably every, until they shut that building down, which they had no business shutting that damn building down with Reverend Rice and the homeless people. No, they did. No, they did. No, they did. No, they did. They had no business. He, he, he worked with them. You name them, he worked with them. He done met with every, so everybody that has anything that does with kids, uh, anybody who has a problem. What's the brother name? that's a comedian uh, that has that old, uh, show. And his daughter or son wind up uh, passing uh, the comedian young brother. Uh, no, I'm not going blank on anyway. It's no wonder that Brother Mike haven't rushed out to have lost a loved one because when you lose a child, a mother and a father, and some of us who really love our children and our grandchildren, you know what you're talking about. Now, it might be some absentee father, but it's a lot of fathers that absolutely love their children. If you keep with Brother Shaheed saying, look at your son or daughter in that casket. And that's what Mike did. Mike said it wasn't just about his son. His, his son was the... Uh, 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 the last straw that broke the camel's back to say, I'm not going to stop. And to this day, he haven't called time out. Because a lot of families that say, you know, the families are going through a lot. We want some privacy now. And that means media, leave us alone. To this day, Brother Mike Brown has never done that. And I'll tell you something else that Brother Mike Brown never did. Everything that they did for damn near seven years, it was everything that they did from bake sales to cook sales to fish fry to whatnot. But damn near, I know for at least five to six years, Everything that brought Mike and them so they could start reaching out to some people to really, really, really help them, it was coming out their pocket. Coming out their pocket. Amen. Yeah, it came out their pocket, and now it's time for people to come to try to help them because they're helping so many families. And remember, it's me today and you tomorrow, or it's me today and you today. Sooner or later, you're going to have to, this family going to reach out to you because if you lose a loved one, they're going to reach out to you, I promise you. But don't wait for somebody to reach out to a loved one. Picture somebody in your mind and start now saying, hey, I, I don't do nothing but send $25. Or if I send a dollar a day in a year's time, that's $365. I'll be able to help because I know they're going to be helping somebody, even if it's not my child. Maybe it's another mother's child, and I'm thankful to God it wasn't my child. But look at it as it is your child because as long as you can distance yourself and say, it's not my child, you'll do less. See, if it's your child right now, somebody can say, well, I thought we was going to do this. Hey, man, I just lost my son, man. I'm not doing that for the next month or something, man. I got funeral rings, this, and that. But if it's not your son, you'll start saying, hey, tomorrow, we're going to look at the game. I hear it's going to be a fight. Hmm. Hey, bro, what about that basketball game? And are we going out tomorrow night or we going to go out to eat? Your mind is, that's how you know you're not paying attention. And it's a many of those families that I've heard, and I'll leave it alone from this here, and I won't say that thing. It was a sister to say she couldn't stop crying. She said because the way that y'all have come and helped us, she talked to Brother Mike Brown and his wife and some of the other family. She said, I never did anything not to help one person. She said, yeah, I would hear people saying this all the time. One day it's going to be you. And I couldn't see it being me. And she said for about five or six, every time I would hear it, I definitely turn off the rail because I was tired of listening to y'all. But she what she said. And she said, I'm crying for two weeks. I'm crying because of my children or my child or my son that was killed, but I'm really crying that I couldn't see it was me. Now y'all are helping me, and I ain't never helped y'all. Please don't be that person. Anybody who's listening to me, don't be that person. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but I'm saying don't be to the point where you hear Brother Shaheed speaking, and sooner or later, 
because you, you, you refuse to shut your eyes and see your son or daughter in a casket, then it wind up happening. And then the families reach out to you because they're going to reach out to you, I promise you. They, they remind me of a sister named Jeanette Culpepper. May God be pleased with us. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Amen. Amen. Sister Jeanette Culpepper did so much dealing with fast families that would help. She would help anybody that had lost one of their loved ones. And, I mean, she would go beyond a call of duty. She would stop her cab or pick them up yes. sometimes when she had a cab and take them to places and wouldn't charge them no money and get them in her group. And then come the 31st, she would have a big candlelight vision where all of them would mention their children's name and all that kind of stuff. That's what Brother Mike and them remind me of. Somebody, but what they do a little bit more, not that Sister Jeanette didn't try to do things, but they just been blessed to do it more. They have taken them now and be able to take them to treatments. Fix the words. They have meetings every twice a month where they can come and express themselves. Because I'm gonna tell you, some of the things that are coming out of them, if they wouldn't say those things, I could absolutely see some of the people committing suicide. I, 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 I you have something you just said about the black community, the black community being helped. Sister Jeanette Cole, you know, who wasn't close to her? You met she and she's gonna tell you what was going and ask you help. And I recall many, many conversations, even if it's for the visual, uh, we had spoken in my office, and she would come by there, but, uh, but uh, the church that did that, yeah, uh, the bridges were too crazy for all those years, was uh, a William Temple, which recently got damaged by a tornado. Oh, yeah. 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 And then right now that we found out that that church has been totally rebuilt, you know, from the ground up. But but but, but it's been it's gonna be known for what Pepper did. And you know, they did a lot of stuff that but but you know, see what you have all those families, uh, yeah. no matter what color you were, no matter what nationality oh, oh. you were. You, like you lost a child. It really impacted her when she lost her son. Mm -hmm. I love to get that. Yes. Her and Bertha yes. Gilkey. Bertha Gilkey really put it out because a lot of the politicians, again, wasn't doing anything. And Sister Bertha said she had big, mm -hmm. bigger obstacles or nuts than most of these men because these men wouldn't come out to help try to go out here and solve some of these problems in the street. They want to hide behind their pulpits. Talk a lot of religion. But she said the best religion is the religion that I see and not the religion that I hear about. And that's what caused a lot of them to come out. But her and Sister Jeanette worked closely. Brother Gilkey was another warrior that would fight for the mm -hmm. black people. So I don't yes. know how much more you want me to cover, brother, but all I know is my father. No, 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 no,
reach out to Brother Anthony Shahid on my Facebook. I have a Facebook, Anthony Shahid, and inboxing this summer and say I'm trying to get in contact with Brother Michael Brown, uh, a senior. And I'm going to tell you why, because right now, most people are event people. And I'm not being so real. And what's going to happen with this 10-year event coming, I'm just making some up. I mentioned some of the names. They're some of the hugest names that you're going to see in the world. They're going to always want to be out. But when it comes time to work, they remind me of a little red hand. You know, when it comes to work, ain't nothing I want to work or volunteer. But when it comes to eat the food, for the little red hand can get in there and, and get the food ready, the person that was planning the food won't even get a chance to have a seat or be able to eat there. I think you can call and ask about volunteering because it, it's, it's, this thing is going to be beyond huge. Some of the biggest figures in the world have already started reaching out. And it's not because we didn't get on it, it's just anytime 10 years happen of anything, it keeps like a 10 year reunion from your school. Anything is huge. Mm-hmm. 10 year vows with your wife, whatever it is, 10 years is pretty huge, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, want you to think about how to do that and what you need to do because if you do that now, you'll be helping somebody, one of those mothers that I was just talking about, one of those fathers that I was just talking about, you know, help them maybe get more counselors because you, you can never have enough counselors. Like I said, twice a week, or come to some of the programs that they have. Sit down and listen to some of the mothers and fathers that have lost a loved one and be in a room with 45 or 50 of them because there's over 100 of them, but sometimes they have as many as that many in the room and they take their time to go around and let each person for And ain't nothing you can't say. It ain't no, you can't say this because they're not going to be in a house of worship. That's my other problem. People, people have all these meetings in these churches and telling people not to say what's on their mind. Well, then we shouldn't be in this place here. Whatever these people can't open up, these people have locked their children. If I can't have people where they can say whatever they want to say, whatever want to come up, come out, they're talking about their, church, their children, and they're trying to heal. And one of the ways they feel healing is that Allah has blessed Brother Mike Brown and his wife to give them a chance to voice their opinion, to say what's on their mind, and to recognize they love one, and let them know that their loved one is not gone. Their name, we will uphold it. We will push their name. We will raise their name. We won't push their name of this light under a bush and we'll put it on top of a mountain on top of this so this light can draw other people it'll, it'll help other people they should reach out to, for children for change they should reach out to the michael brown foundation of the chosen change of chosen fathers you know you got the, uh, the, uh, the mothers of angels they should reach out to some of those groups or they can reach out to brother anthony shahi on my facebook page is that brother shahi how can we help her inbox me with a, a telephone number or something and brother Shahid will call you back any kind of way that you think you can help and sometimes you have some ideas that maybe we don't have maybe it's something that we haven't covered maybe you know a different way to feed people brother mike is always doing something for the thanksgiving piece he's always doing mm-hmm. something for the christmas piece i don't celebrate christmas but they do and i'm just saying what they do you know so what i usually do is i'll help them do everything i can but when it starts coming to what i call a conflict with my religion if it ain't something doing with kwanzaa or something like that ramadan you know i kind of stay back but i'm just telling you what he does this is what he does this is what they believe in and this is what they push they push christmas you know and they do a lot of christmas gifts it put yourself in a position where you can help him to help some other family because there's a lot of families out there you know my problem is with the christians and the muslims muslims wait to ramadan to feed people and doing ramadan they feed you from for 30 days you'd be so much food you get tired of looking at food but past ramadan i don't really see them doing what they supposed to do the christians are real heavy doing thanksgiving and christmas which is about a month period of time and after then you know 
they don't think people are supposed to eat other than Thanksgiving. I'm not eating bacon. I'm just saying I have a problem with the Christians and the Muslims in that area. I think people should be able to eat, and that's what I love about Brother Mike. He heard me say that. Brother Mike and them feed people all year round. Help him with all the yeah. programs you got. Just reach out to him. And I'm not knocking you. If that's all you want to do is doing Thanksgiving and Christmas, do it then because sometimes people don't even do it that time. But if you limit yourself to always just, you got from the Thanksgiving, the 25th or whatever it is of uh, 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 November to the 25th of December, that's for the most part what you're going to do. You have to just do an inventory on your own brain. If you think people, yeah. because a lot of people are hurting. Yes, it was. And I'm, I'm somewhat remiss, okay? We didn't talk about Brother Shaheed. Right now, you're telling a story of people helping people. And I think that's a story that people don't want you to hear about. So, right now, uh, if somebody, right now, you're saying, let me just say a few minutes ago, murders on the rise. Again, they, they also unsolved murders on the rise. So a person right now that you know that, that needs help from a brother S H I E, how they can get in contact with you kind of help them, you know, work with the situation. I think what people do, they, they stay in a box, that's why they can't get help. Sometimes people mm-hmm. have right. not that I ever ask a person, I've never asked the Reverend or Brother Scott or you what your religion is and would you be a Muslim? Y'all have never asked me to be a Christian. We've worked together, I used to work with Reverend Blass and Reverend Duvall. I've worked with a whole lot of pastors out here. And I've never asked them if they accepted Muhammad as their messenger and they have never asked me if I'm gonna be accept Christ and what happened on Calvary. We don't have those kind of conversations. We have a conversation on how we can help people. I think what Allah blessed Dr. Martin Luther King to do was so powerful. As a Muslim, I should have been the first person to help him. Don't worry about his religion, worry about what he works for. That's how you judge a man by his works. I said all that to say, they they know this. This is a fact, whether they want to accept or not. They have seen the program of the Muslims. When it's 100 Muslim men, I don't give what damn, what other kind of men you get. And I'm not knocking over men. We look way different from y'all, and y'all know that. And instead of reaching out to us, they don't want to deal with us. I'm going to tell you why. Tell me when you're ready. Tell me, say, Brother Shay, we're ready. Because I'm not going to say until you tell me you're ready. Tell me when you're ready. I mean, go ahead. You, 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 you do it okay. The reason they don't want us because then I'm gonna be talking about how the drugs get in here. Do you want to talk to me to talk about the damn brothers in the street? Yeah, I'm gonna address them. But then you gotta talk about the DEA because drugs don't come in without the eight, the, the, the DEA, bro. The drugs ain't gonna, the guns ain't gonna come without the ATF. That's why they don't really want me to speak. They don't want to tell me to go ahead and speak. Because now they're getting in trouble because there's certain things they can see on their radio programs. And I ain't trying to get nobody fired or get, make you lose your program. Okay, uh, well, well, right now, you just hit on a very system that we had talked about in open here about uh, about how the, how the guns how the guns get in the community. Well, you know how they get in here. I ain't talking to smart, bro. You do all the knowledge. No, 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 no. When we talk about something, come and tell us story. Tell us about it. I want to hear you know, how, how the guns come in here. The, the government bring them in here. About, let me say it like this. Wherever y'all at right now, let, let, me, let me say this. Wherever y'all at right now, if there's some damn guns up in that place and some drugs in that place, and either one of y'all, the three that's in there right now say y'all don't know how to get there, they say, well, I tell you what, y'all come on downtown with me. You want to get you a lawyer or something? Y'all need to come on downtown. We're going to figure out how to get in there. If some drugs is in America and they're in the black community, then how did they get in there? How do they have 35 Arabs, Arabs right now that have stores that's been 
that they know a federal agent that are working, walking around with wires. It ain't just those politicians they done set up. They done set all kind of people up because this is how they can damn it distribute it through these Arabs. They don't want Brother Shahid and the Muslim brother involved because we're not going to just be out there talking about the little brothers. See, the brothers wouldn't be killed if these unions would hire them. Most of these unions ain't nothing but Ku Klux Klan racist that before Donald Trump was even born was like this, so that's why they love him. Amen. 90% of them damn unions. So they don't really want to get Brother Shaheed and the brothers involved in the Tahi youth group and the Muslims involved because we're going to go beyond that. See, and then we can go out to where the brothers would go. The brothers with guns when they see us because they see we coming as men, we ain't coming to jump on, but at the same time, we don't, we don't start nothing, we don't run from nothing. And we come in peace, we come as they brothers, but at the same time, we ain't turn the other cheek. We don't talk like that, and we don't say, and I'm not knocking, I'm just saying, y'all say, then just say the Lord is mine. White folks don't say that. When these white Christians have problems, they say 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and they start dropping bombs. People got to understand that when you're doing something wrong, it's a repercussion behind that. Somebody have to tell you, yeah. you kill somebody, then you got to take on their sins. Whatever you done did, you can play like you don't understand what I'm saying now, but when you die, you got to pay for it. But if you kill a person, you got to take on their sins. Somebody got to talk to them like that and show them that they're brother. The reason they don't want Brother Shahid involved, I'm going to let loose on the ATF. I'm going to let loose on the FBI, and I'm going to let loose on this damn uh, Biden. Biden ain't no better than this damn Trump. So y'all, yeah. okay. I ain't mad at I'm not mad at no, but I'm telling you, he talked about black people being jungle people and this, that, and other, and they caught him doing it. That's when he said, so it's like, if I'm still in your house, either one of your houses right now, and I came to you and said, you know, my conscience is bothering me. I did something wrong. You said, what? I've been stealing from you, and I've been sneaking behind your back trying to call your wife on the phone, and I apologize. That means I was sincere. But if you come home and I'm stealing out your house and me and your wife messing around, that ain't no damn apology when you tell me you saw it. You got caught with your yeah, dog. Yeah. So Biden didn't apologize. That's a damn lie. He didn't apologize. He caught, got caught with his drought dog tripping. So I don't trust him no more than, than Trump. Trump is just retarded. He's beyond retarded. He should have been locked up, but it shows you what white privilege is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's how you do it. When the young brothers start hearing brothers talk like that, then they say, hey, man, you know, we feel you. They don't want to hear no we should overcome singing. They really don't separate themselves from the older community because you know, they, they come there so dead. And they don't come with no strength. And they don't talk like this. And when brothers don't hear you talk like this and from the street, they don't even listen to you, bro. They will. You will never catch them. And I'm going to tell you what I've heard brothers and sisters say. They say, why do y'all reach out to pastors when 90% of the church and 85% of the church is full of preachers and they're full of deacons and they're full of women? They say, 80% of the church, I'm just tell you what I hear. So they're reaching out to the church on everything. The church don't have no man. How can they deal with us and they don't deal with me? That's a hell of a point. If the church, if the right now, the women lead the church, you don't have no more church. So why did they reach out? Mm-hmm. When you don't brother three in the jail, I'm telling you what I hear, bro. That's why they don't want Brother Shahid around. They don't want Brother Shahid around because they don't want to hear it. John 8 in the Bible, in a book called John, the 8th chapter, verse 32, say, know ye the truth, and the truth sets you free. They don't want to hear the truth. And instead of them saying, listen, outside of our churches and go out in the street, they don't walk past the Good Samaritan, the story of the Good Samaritan. Don't walk past the man that's in the street that needs help. Let's go and see about the man who needs help. Don't worry about what's going to happen if I ain't at church on time. Worry about what's going to happen if I keep on leaving this man out here. I'll close with this here. It's like a person that's on a boat. 
and you're on a big cruise, and it's a nice cruise, and everybody got a five-star, and we live in large, and everything is good up top. But the people on the bottom, everybody keep on passing by like the Good Samaritan and don't care nothing about them. That person on the bottom, sooner or later, going to put a hole in that boat. You think the Titanic sank. That boat going to sink. Keep on walking past and not doing stuff in the church because churches used to do everything and really all the rallies was under in the churches for a while. Now they don't put their money buy more on, 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 on money and get fags and homosexuals and punks up in them damn churches and the choirs and stuff. And I don't understand none of that, but I'm not going to get in their business. And when people see that, they see you hypocritical. Because, because in, in the book of Genesis, the 19th chapter, 38 verses there, really starts from the 18th chapter. You read the 18th chapter of Genesis, it really goes into Sodom and Gomorrah and how it needs to be destroyed and how many people can be saved. From chapter 19, from verse 1 through verse 30, it goes into how that place had to be destroyed. And then it goes from verse 30 to 38, where Lot was up there, which we don't accept, and had sex with his daughters, which produced insects, which Muslims don't accept. But I'm just giving you the history of Sodom and Gomorrah. This place is worse than Sodom and Gomorrah now. And to have them fags up in them churches like that, playing the guitar because they play tithes and all that, they don't lost their damn mind. I ain't going wrong with none of that stuff. Well, they're known that Brother Mashiach, and it's usually, you know, I, I know. Time is not only our Saturday, on our Saturday, okay, but uh, but right now the reason uh, uh, we had to sing the time, brother Chucky Bo, who normally came next to it, is it's in Ghana right now. I just got a text from him, Ghana, and he would not be in. Anthony, I want to thank you for filling in that time, okay. With the last for the program, today has been true, Anthony. That's Anthony that I've known, that I've known all my as I know him. Until let the truth be told. So brother Shahid, I want to thank you so much. Well, thank you. I want to make sure I can give two. I got two tapes that I said I want to give that I got right here in my hand right now. Because it just so happens that I got them. So what I'm gonna do is well, take we, 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 we make a range. We make a range with this. I want y'all to have these tapes and I want you to look at. You can see why they didn't show the second tape first because Michael Brown Jr. Okay. That's at 12:30 at night. So I pray Allah that he would bless us, uh, that he would bless us, uh, and that he would bless your show. Uh, the only thing I would like to know is, is there any way I can get a copy of this tape or this show today? No, you, 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 you have a copy within an hour. Thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate that. And uh, my, both of my brothers, brother uh, Lionel and brother... Uh, uh, brother Lyle. Brother, I, I, yeah. And brother Scott, I just want to tell y'all, thank you for the invitation to come on and brothers and sisters can continue to support radio shows like this and the other thing i have to say find a black business to spend your money and go find a black business if it's a gas station a shoe shop uh if it's a restaurant spend your money with a black business because everything else don't mean about nothing white folks love spending their money with white folks and black folks love spending their money with white folks and the last thing is what we've seen to happen uh, 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 and um, uh, where's that brother Smith? Like that brother Montgomery, Montgomery, Alabama. Alabama. That shows it's time for us to stick together. Let's start working together. We can be honest with each other and pull each other to the side and say, Amen. But that's a us to work together. Never let nobody do that to a black person. You stand right there and not watch. Because remember, I keep saying, it's them today and you tomorrow, or them today and it might be you today. Get your, cheer, get your cheers out. 
I say, Assalamu alaikum. I just simply means peace be unto you. And I close with, while I give us the serenity to understand the things that we cannot change, but the courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference between the two. I mean, thank you again, brothers and sisters, but thank you for inviting me on your show, of all three brothers. Okay. Amen. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay. Uh, well, uh, thank brother Shahi for uh, telling some reason, some truth to the to that uh, when I brought him on, you know, I, I, I've been knowing this gentleman, you know, for, for many years. And I'm happy to get the audience okay and to give him a special time while he's down right now. So again, we want to we want to thank him, you know, for taking the time uh, to be with us now, right now. Let me have our day two. Was it was it much in commerce? In Spanish, our first annual office in Missouri. When all this took place, got initiated. Uh, we were working, uh, that's for eight for the fourth uh, right now. A beautiful facility out there, and uh, we don't uh, you out more information. But right now, as we have this conversation, uh, Chuck was in Ghana. That's why he could not be on today. And uh, and so so we uh, kind of covered up, you know, what's going on around you that you don't know that you do know now. And uh, one of the things that uh, I can say about Anthony Shaheed, he and I go, we are going through a lot of rough times together. And when we call him, he will answer. He will, he will answer. He will come to your rescue, and he will be there for you, not just to show up when the cameras come, but when the cameras go away. And that's why I was searching for with being with uh, Michael Brown Sr. The camera's gone away nine years ago, and Anthony is still working with his brother. That's what you call a true brother. All right, Rev? Amen. Uh, continue, you know, uh, 
in that, you know, uh, here, our mission for the Midwest Chamber of Commerce is to challenge the Missouri, not just St. Louis, not just Ferguson, not just Orlando, not just Haytown, not just Kansas City, the entire state of Missouri. Then we all have issues in the whole state. In Missouri, it's here kicking, kicking young kids off of the uh, Medicaid rolls uh, for insurance. Now, if anybody got a child, you know your kid needs to be insured. Because right now, uh, as we just mentioned to you earlier, they need their shots for COVID-19. Hey, but by the way, everybody needs to get their shots or can get a shot. Because people right now, uh, uh, you know, we are, one thing I think the former Donald Trump for President Trump was, he, he fast-tracked the, the vaccine be created. And he got those out. And so right now, if you give it, you know, uh, thank you for that. That if you get those shots, please get them. And if you're an older person, you know, and they're over 50 years old, you should take no chance with your life. And that's why when I go, I'm going to take a no chance with my life. But I'm going to have to be here to talk to you today that you said before. Long River Loud, that I said before. And, and we both, well, I'm in right real. Amen. Because, uh, in the, in the, also, Rev, uh, you know, something that uh, Brother Anthony he just mentioned about the body of man on the ground, you know, and uh, you've been a paramedic yourself uh, and also working, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the, in the EMS unit here in St. Louis. Explain to me the people what he was mean by that body of land on the, on the hot concrete all that time with the asphalt, what happened to the body? Well, what was happening to that body would be the body would be destroyed. And the body was being burnt up by the heat from the asphalt and poison and all kind of stuff getting involved in the body. The body was running and fluids running, issues, swelling up, all kind of mess was going on. I remember we're running out of time. Okay, well, well, Steve, I'm going to let you know that we are almost a minute to go, right, Scott? That's correct, sir. Uh, we want to thank everybody that, that watched us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or if you just can't you know, get us out of Spotify where you can podcast. We want you to Missouri Chamber of Commerce. Matter of fact, we just celebrate nine, uh, nine, uh, eight years this month with, 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 our, with our show being on Ferguson USA, hotsoffer.com, which really naturally came out of the Michael Brown. Uh, 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 Era with the Macbeth description. Uh, this show came out of that. Uh, that's when the station was created. Uh, and so, right now, we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you watch us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Live, we thank you for bringing, being, being a part of what we do. And also, uh, sharing it with a friend. Tell them on here, you never hear the same thing twice. I'm not sure what the rest are different. Here's our folks. That's, uh, that's where I'm also. Uh, brother, check your bow as you think about it right now. Love you very much. And my good peace be safe. You can't wear a face mask.